Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck, the owner and operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, and of course, the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame, and the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. I have come up with an idea that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. Uh, those of you who have been listening regularly to some of the shows that I do know that I'm kind of a disaffected WWE fan or wrestling fan in general, but I'm also a music junkie. And I've always believed that the WWE and theme songs have done something kind of special in the world of pop culture. I really believe that. But I didn't want to do a show just by myself, so I found somebody who I've been talking to or sort of like uh, conversing with uh, peripherally online. Now, Grace, in terms of the WWE Hall of Fame, has actually uh, made a bit of a mark, and I'm going to talk to her about that, but she's also a music lover herself, so I thought between the two of us, herself being way younger than me, which is depressing, (laughs) an American, and I'm a Canadian, we could come at this with two different points of view, so... Here we are, and I hope you sort of like this. This is going to be part one of a 10-part series where we're looking at the top 100 uh, wrestling themes ever done in the WWE. Now, granted, again, it's my top 100. So I needed someone to sort of like say, hey, I, I agree with you, or hey, oh my God, what the hell were you thinking, Buckner? Well, that's what Grace is here for. So without further ado, let's start the show. Grace, I got to tell you, I'm really excited to do this. Uh, before we go any further, may I tell everyone how I first became acquainted with you? Yeah, go ahead. So I, I want to say it would have probably been five or six years ago. I think it was before Trump became president. You caused a- – uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds right because uh, I think you caused a little bit of a, a social media buzz within uh, – I guess these words go together, the internet wrestling community, when you put out that, I think it was a petition, I believe, that Donald Trump should be removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. That is correct. Yeah, and I wrote that, and then I got a message from you saying, hey, uh, white asshole, spell my last name wrong, use the wrong Asian one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were much politer than that, but I kind of think that might have been where, where you were going with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that um, my the way I was represented in that time was like very blown out of proportion from what I intended, and whether that um, was kayfabe or not, I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, a lot of the words I received were not too kind. Really? People were getting mad at you for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I... Why? I mean, yeah, both both sides. There was support, but there, um, you know, you really only noticed the ugliness. Interesting. Because on the last show I just did, uh, I do a Hall of Fame show with my regular partner, Evan Nolan, And we sort of went through the last WWE Hall of Fame class. And as much as I completely get where you're you're taking with uh, your take on Trump, if you're going to have a celebrity wing, considering he actually moved the needle and did a lot of appearances, 
is actually a good candidate. But your take on it was, and this was sort of like well before a lot of the other racism and sexism more came out. It was, this was, yeah, this was a, I think what was it based on his comments on Mexico, not sending their best. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it was actually based upon the, the Hogan thing that happened, you know, like they suddenly just erased him from everything over a leak. And there was like total war over it. So uh, my thinking was like, well, if that's the direction they're going in, like I can help them out a little and point out a couple more people that that they could remove. Fair enough. That's what we're doing. No, actually, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, From what I understand, uh, at WrestleMania, (laughs) they softened uh, the reception that Hogan got. Oh, did they? That's I'm what I read. Up on WrestleMania. Well, I don't have Peacock yet, and I don't understand what that's about either. Uh, no, I, 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 all I know is they're making a lot of money hand over fist, and yet they still release 10 people this week. Go figure. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, one thing <laughs> that I've always sort of been fascinated about, and I think they've really dropped in the last few months Wrestling and theme songs have gone – I think they've just done, done it so well, so much better than any other company, even in the Monday Night Wars. WCW might have been kicking uh-huh. their ass in the ratings, but they, most of the wrestlers had shitty theme songs. I always Yeah. <laughs> and the WWF had that right. Now, from what I understand, I just learned this uh, like in doing a bit of research here. Uh, at their in-house group now, I think, is no longer with them, which might explain why a lot of the new themes are kind of crappy. So I don't even know who's writing it for them now. Oh, so I, I didn't hear about that. I, I just learned it myself. Apparently, that happens a much like a few months before. So the the pair collectively known as CFOs, with the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. That's how you young hip people do it. <laughs> yeah. Have uh, are, are not or I think they broke up. So I don't quite know what their current standing is with music and entrance musics. But I will also argue that. Had it not been for that, you wouldn't see boxers come out with music. You probably wouldn't see baseball players do their little uh, walk-up sound. Oh, you think? I don't know. I think it's possible. I think that was the first step, first domino to get there. Ah, that's an interesting take I haven't like ever really thought about before. Yeah, so it's just something that possibly could be. Uh, wrestling themes sometimes are even used in sports venues. I, during the last Nashville Predators run, they were using Shinsuke Nakamura's theme quite a bit. Finn Balor's theme. I know in Patriots games, they use the Ultimate Warrior theme. Yeah, I heard the Cena theme, uh, I think it's Josh Reddick's walk-up in baseball. Actually, and this, there's an angel right now using Like a Virgin. I have to find out why he's doing this. <laughs> I. Oh yeah, I think uh, Hansel Robles, the closer, was doing Undertaker theme too for a bit. I don't know if he still is. See that I can see. That's a pretty good one to use. Now, like a virgin, he must have lost a bet. Had to. <laughs> I, I can't see why anyone would say at the start of the year. Okay, so what's going to be your walk-up music for the year? Like a virgin. 
what's the what's the conversation that takes place? The had to be a bet. Had to be. I'm going to find that out by next week <laughs> or when we do this next time. Yeah. So I've put together a list of a hundred of my favorites. So to be uh, to be fair to everyone listening. Grace doesn't know who the top 100 is until I send them to her. This is just my 100. It's subjective. It's a musical list. It's supposed to be subjective. Grace, you sent me some notes. I already know that some of these, you totally disagree with me. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are yet. But <laughs> I'm excited to hear them. I don't have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I'm Canadian, which means I drunk a lot. <laughs> So sometimes I drink during these shows. This might be one of my few sober ones. So oh, well, I was just going to say, I will totally crack one open now if you want to. Done. Done. <laughs> okay. All right, beauty. So while we're doing that, so I'll just walk through everyone. We're going to count down from 100 to 91 today, going backwards. Sit back, have some fun. You might learn something before it's done. That used to be the old intro from before your time, uh, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. I don't know if we can still do quotes for Bill Cosby, but I don't know. It was part of my youth. Yeah. That's a hard cartoon. Just barely. To, oh, it's a hard cartoon to watch, especially when everything was a moral lesson. And now you're getting moral lessons from Cosby. But again, I'm the king of the t- bad tangents. You have, you'll have to like keep me on track. <laughs> All right. First thing first. So no, oh, oh, I hear I hear something cracked open. Sounds like a beer. <laughs> you know what that is. Nice, nice. Number one hundred. I have selected the theme that Melina Perez used, called paparazzi, which you th- you kind of okay. You kind of viewed that as a bit of a, a metal, uh, like a bit of a metal thing. I looked at it as a calypso beat almost. I don't quite know what the song has to do with paparazzi because their original gimmick was that was when she was with uh, John Morrison and Joey Mercury, they'd come down and they would have fake paparazzi taking pictures of them. But what does a paparazzi song sound like anyway? So why not this? (laughs) I think there is, isn't there also like a, I don't want to get this wrong, but isn't there also a Lady Gaga song called, Paparazzi. There is. I know they didn't license that, but I don't think these two <laughs> songs sound a whole lot alike. I can't say this has got to be the first time I've ever had Lady Gaga come up in a conversation on any of the shows I've done. It might be the last. <laughs> but you like this song. Hey, Lady Gaga is a very relevant person, this whether is... we like it or not. I'm Wow, I'm guessing by that. Um, yeah, I love <laughs> I'm I love Melina. Yeah. Okay. I am not familiar with Melina, which kind of upsets me because I, um, based on her song alone, I like. I think I expected a lot. She's an interesting person uh, in terms of the whole wrestling canon. If I remember correctly, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, I think they debuted around 2006. Uh, they split. Morrison and Melina Way, who were real life couple. Uh, did you ever hear the story how while they were dating, 
Uh, she slept with Batista. No. Which he... But I think that was known to happen a lot of the interchanging of partners. Yeah, but they were still a couple, and I... Yeah. I, all right. <laughs> what, I kind of would have left my girlfriend at that, but he didn't. And this is in Batista's book, so I'm assuming this is not a rumor. This is pretty much a fact. Uh, nevertheless, um, Melina had a pretty good run. This was in that weird era where John Laurinaitis was hiring, doing a lot of the hiring and allegedly, and I heard this repeated many times, he would do his hiring of, of his women wrestlers from sometimes people he saw in the lingerie catalog. It's where he found Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. Like, right. But Melina's not one of those. She did wrestle before. I thought she was, mm-hmm. she wasn't a bad wrestler, and I think the theme t- does reasonably well. And at age uh-huh. forty, she's still wrestling. She was actually right before the pandemic hit. Uh, Barbados had somebody where I'm living now. They someone put to get, tried to put together a wrestling show, and she was actually here wrestling. What's his name's wife? Uh, crap. Uh, Drake Maverick's wife. I didn't go, but mm-hmm. so she's still doing it. She could oh, still wow. make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I had known more about her. So with, with your fandom, so you started watching in the early nineties. Did it sort of like go up and down all over the place? Like depending on. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. Um, you know, it's hard to watch or absorb as much as I would like growing mm-hmm. up because there was no way my parents would ever get me a pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, I started out a very big fan when I was like five years old because, you know, they really sold that code and stuff to us. Um, me and my older brother were super into it but as like siblings feud over like ownership of stuff he kind of said wwf is my thing you go get your own (laughs) so then i kind of slid into wcw after that okay their action figures were not as good (laughs) um no they were not i actually remember that yeah uh as i got older you know like Preteen, teen, I was like, stuff is lame. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, so I bowed out probably late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I kind of drifted back in a little bit when I was in my late teens because there, I think that was like Stone Cold era, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. And maybe, I, maybe WWE had just, or the, Merge had just started. I can't quite align the timelines right now, but um, I briefly drifted back into it during that, and then I kind of left it again. Um, And then I didn't go back again until maybe a year before they launched the network. So that maybe, was that like 2012 or 2013, I want to say. So those are the gaps. (laughs) And I think I did miss a lot of good stuff. I've done a little catching up since I've had the network, but um, there's a lot of content, you know? (laughs) Yes. 
there, there's an awful lot and just so much to watch. Uh, I was saying also on my other show, this was the first time that WrestleMania came up. I wasn't looking forward to it at all. I was going to force myself to watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it at all. Yeah. I think I'll probably catch up on some clips, but I don't know that I'm really going to set aside seven or eight hours or whatever they're at now. It's, yeah, it's becoming tough. And realistically, we live in an era where there's just so much choice. Nothing is ever going to dominate the way it once did. But if, yeah. if, correct me if I'm wrong, Grace, you've got, you went to a couple NXT shows in your neck of the woods when you were in New York, no? Um, they did takeover in Brooklyn for maybe three, two or three years in a row. Mm-hmm. So I did get to go to those. I've been to a couple of other um, NXT house shows but the the big takeovers in Brooklyn I did attend. So, and I'm segueing here. I'm getting better at being sort of a host on this, which brings us to number 99, huh? The Ascension. Oh, yes. <laughs> Rebellion. And when you sent me a note, it's like, yeah, I totally agree with you on this one. Because uh, I, I think we... Oh, that it's awful. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I think the song's, I think the song's fine. I think they're awful. <laughs> I like the fact that it just sort of starts off, and again, this is sort of, this is just me trying to do a bad bad music. I'm really bad at this. Okay, yeah, I'm a geek. I know that. But once you get over forty, Grace, thank God for you. You're not there yet. The older you get, the less you care what people think of you. Well, I can't wait. But I like I like this yeah, as sort of a is a, a like a hardcore riff just coming out for two guys who look like they're going to try to kick your ass until you realize one of those one of those guys is only two hundred and fifteen pounds. Yeah, you didn't like this song though. Um. Well, to me, I always just thought of them as like a Road Warrior Legion of Doom remake. I don't know if other people see that. No, the, I but like I agree. They they are they were t- they they that's exactly what they were they were ripoffs, but the song itself, I just like it. But again, this is all to my <laughs> list and not yours, so you you probably wouldn't have put this on the top one hundred. Yeah, but do you not feel the song is a bit try hard? Like they introduce this like duo that nobody is impressed by, and then they're like, well, if we slap this really hype, like hardcore song on it then that'll help but it doesn't help but didn't it get over though in nxt uh i only ever heard people not being impressed at all with the ascension (laughs) so i don't think that they like ever really gave i don't think the song helped their image okay well see this is our first disagreement I mean, I compared it to Avenged which in, like, the hardcore metal world is often kind of seen as, like, um, a mall version of the music. So people don't tend to take that band very seriously. And that sounds like they wrote the Ascension theme song. All right. Well, so uh, here I guess we have a miss. 
And, and that's not to say that like that there isn't an uh, audience for this kind of music. I definitely think there is, but it's not. I don't think it's the audience that um, would would get taken seriously in music world. Fair enough. Ah, okay. And here's one you hate. <laughs> oh, do you hate this one? Uh, at number ninety-eight. And it's not that I necessarily like this song. I like this song for this guy and, the, and his character. Metal, Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll admit it's a good song for his character, but it's a terrible song to have to sit through <laughs> by itself. Yeah, but it sounds American. It sounds Olympic. He's an American Olympian. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that one, but do you like... Kurt Angle. Do I like Kurt Angle? Uh, I like Kurt. Uh, not not in his comeback. I, I kind of wish he, <laughs> he didn't. I, I prefer to remember him as that kick-ass. Well, he wasn't. He never really had that kick-ass character. But just this amazing Olympic athlete, this amateur athlete who just took to pro wrestling mm-hmm. better than I'd say arguably anyone in that short period of time. I like Kurt, yes, I like Kurt Angle. Do I necessarily want to hang out with the guy? Maybe not the Kurt Angle that I kind of read about. If that makes any sense, it's it's like I, uh-huh. I was, yeah, I was talking to somebody about uh, Pearl Jam. Like I love Pearl Jam. Like that was one of like especially back in the day. You, I would pay considerable money to go see them in concert again. You would have to pay me a lot of money to hang out with Eddie Vedder. I don't want to hang out with this guy. <laughs> Like, he just seems like a complete blowhard who's just going to bore me to tears. <laughs> Is that what you think about Kurt Angle? I think that Kurt Angle might just bore the hell out of me. I, and I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's, the, that, that's usually my feeling with the character that gets pushed into the, the you know, like the patriotic role, which... They always have to have at least one character like that. Well, okay, I got a um, question. I got a question Angle. here for you then. Oh, sorry, but finish your thought, and then I mm-hmm. then I want to ask you something. Okay, yeah, I think Kurt Angle carried it for a while, and um, it was okay. My opinion is just that it was okay. Okay, but the song itself, I hate the song. Fair enough. I think, what did you send me? Like you said, if jingoism were a song, it would be this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which I guess is good writing if that's what you're going for. I'll give that. And I guess that's sort of like why I rank this. Not because I'm going to like put that in my car and and crank that up. I'm not. Incidentally, (laughs) uh, this was actually a retread. This was used by... Do you, I mean, you might not have been watching WWE then. That might have been when your brother took it away from you. Uh, the Patriot had that first. Oh, the same song? Yeah, the same exact th- song. So th- when they signed a guy named Del Wilkes as the Patriot, which is just the way it sounds for those who might not be familiar with him, he was an American Patriot, a mass wrestler wearing all the red, white, and blue. Uh-huh. And that was his theme. And then he got seriously hurt. So he, he was out after six months 
I can't mm-hmm. believe I remember this, but I do because again, I remember obscure things and not things that are very important in my life. Sergeant Slaughter used that oh, wow. once in his comeback match against Triple H, and then when they they retreaded that for Kurt Angle, but it just works for Angle. Oh, you know that I just pulled him up on my computer, and it, is that a loose door fest keyword? Is that a what? It looks like he wears this, like, luchadori mask. Well, he always did wear a mask, but the weird thing is, too, in the first couple intros, like, the vignettes they did to promote him, he would just be, like, in the field, because uh, he played football in either South Carolina or Clemson, I don't remember which, and then he would sort of, like, look back at the camera without his mask, so you could see what he actually looked like. Mm-hmm. So, sort of an interesting thing, but here, here's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think now, because the climate in the world has changed completely in just the last few years, little in the last 25 years, does an all, and right now I don't think they've got an all-American flag-waving Amer- uh, patriot-type character. And when I say patriot, I don't mean the patriot, but I mean... <laughs> Who was the last? Was it Jack Swagger? And we are going to be talking about Jack Swagger eventually, yes. But uh, yeah, I would say, I think you're right. <laughs> Can uh, can a, a, a USA loving babyface like a hacksaw Duggan or anything like that work in today's political climate? <laughs> what do you think? Possibly. I mean, I kind of think of Cena in that light, but Cena is like a yeah. I think that Swagger was kind of like a cheeky character like I don't think he was the same all-American as like Hogan or this patriot person well they were they were trying and, but they were trying though with the, like almost this uh I don't want to say alt-right but I don't know that even when they debuted the swagger character there was even that term yet but now <laughs> I don't think so yeah now if you've got s- someone who's going to like be draped in the red, white, and blue. And they tried that Antifa character group with retribution, which seems like that, that was a complete disaster. I just don't know that that, that we could ever, ever see something like that fly. Uh, only as a villain, I think now. Well, I'm interested to see it. I, as long as Vince is there, that's they're never going to try that. <laughs> I, still, I mean, I still think that Jack Swagger was like that, and people loved that. People loved Zeb Coulter. I never heard that sentence ever uttered. People loved Zeb Coulter. Really? Maybe it's just because I was like watching with New York crew mostly in that time. But, like, we saw this all as completely satirical, and we thought it was great. Okay. All right. Actually, we'll we'll save some of that later, because I do love that Patriot song. Uh, (laughs) I do. I I think it hits what it's trying to do. But moving on. At number 97, Chavito Ardiente. As you can tell, I have no Mm -hmm. Spanish flair for that. Chavo Guerrero Jr. song. We both like this one. Yeah, I, I don't think I said much because uh, I like Chavo. I like anything that Chavo does. 
I like this song. It's really fun. It makes me think of him. Okay. It, it is sort of pretty good. The thing uh, with, with Chavo Jr., uh, actually, his dad, uh, did you ever see Classic? He what? Is it, you ever see his dad, Chavo Sr.? Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually wrote his autobiography, which hopefully will come out soon. So I got to be friends with with his dad, who since passed away, and so I have talked to Junior a few times. It, it is a it is a pretty good little song for him. I, I always wondered how do I put this. Sometimes he it always felt like his character went like back and forth with embracing his Mexican roots. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Because it always depended really on what he what and what he did. Like his uh, his inflection is not much different than mine. Is what is the way he talks? Except that he can uh, roll his R's. <laughs> yeah, have you heard of the band the Mountain Goat? I yes, I have. Uh, have you heard their album "Beat the Champ"? That is yeah tribute to wrestling and there's a lot of mention of Chavo Guerrero yes. in that album. It's a beautiful album. Yeah, I actually, uh, or I'll go segue on a story here. Uh, uh, cause that's, that's sort of in the book there. Uh, Chavo, uh, senior, cause he was, he got to be in their video. Cause I think that's the only video they did for that. And so, oh. he, yeah, so he met, he met, he met all of them and he was so flattered with, uh, what's his name? John Jarm. I'm gonna say Jarmouche. I, I, John Darnell. Darnell. Sorry. <laughs> He's what, what? Very weird dude. Okay, I don't know where the hell I'm getting Jarmouche from. What the <laughs> hell was I reading earlier? Anyway, so he got to be in the video, and we he wanted to edit one thing out. I think at this point I can pretty much say that. Uh, so he does. Because Chavo was the first guy, at least he says he was the first guy, so I'm going to believe him, to do the moonsault. Mm-hmm. And so on that, he's saving John in the, in the video. And the guy who's oh, beating... Oh, I video. Yeah, yeah, I think actually. that... Yeah, so they did a video on that, and the guy he's, he's got to save him from is uh, Joey Ryan. <laughs> and... Ryan didn't catch him well. So if you if, so go back and watch the end of the video, you'll see they cut right there because the reason they cut midway is because Ryan didn't catch him right. And then Ryan said to him after, well, you were, you were too high. And so Senior says, what, too high? Oh, wow. What do you think I was going to do? Wow, I didn't know that. How did Joey Ryan get the spot? <laughs> uh, well, probably because he was in L.A., I guess. <laughs> I don't think he'll be getting any more spots anymore of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> Nor should he. But like, yeah. like, like, like everyone who gets in trouble, they find God. <laughs> oh, is that what he's doing now? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll leave it at that because I don't want to waste any more oxygen on Joey Ryan. Okay, that's uh, fine with me. Uh, Ninety six. I didn't think you'd be too familiar with this one because the really he barely used it. Uh, Danny Birch, who, oh, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could, I couldn't, I, it took me forever to even find a link on YouTube for this one. 
so London okay. Boy, yeah, London Boys. I don't know who sings it. I couldn't find out anything about it. This song just feels British hooligan to me. I don't know that Danny Birch looks like a hooligan, like somebody who's going to piss you off if you're cheering for the wrong team at a soccer game. <laughs> but this, there's not. This just feels perfect in in so many ways, and just a throwback to a lot of my youth listening to a lot of uh, anarchistic music from, from the UK. Yeah, I um, I really like the song, actually. It sounds, like, pretty generic, but I I like the genre that it encompasses, like mm-hmm. the whole Brit rock, Brit pop mod vibe. Um, it made me curious, because I did mention in my notes that I thought it might be a bit political, which I haven't looked into more, nor am I sure what was going on. Maybe that was like around the time when Brexit was heating up, so I'm not sure what the political angle really was, or if it was just intentionally vague, but that was very interesting to me. I think you're right in that it's probably intentionally vague. I mean, there's always something going on in England. Yeah, yeah. I think they just like made a a cheap version of a song and uh, had to kind of adapt it to the genre. But it's interesting, and anything like that in WWE always like kind of captures my attention a little. Mm-hmm. I just feel it's almost for the wrong guy. Uh, you ever see Flash Morgan Webster? Mm-mm. All right, so he's somebody on the UK brand. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't watch the UK brand at all. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I don't either. I just know he's there, and I've just sort of read about him. Uh-huh. And his gimmick is that he's the mod father. Oh, have they used the, this whole, like, Brit Rock thing a bit? Is <laughs> there, like, British circuit? Well, I haven't really unless it's Unless it's Walter, I'm generally not watching. And even then, uh-huh. like, there's only so many hours in the day, and there's just too much stuff to watch. And like you and I have both said, the yeah. product has been so bad in the last uh, 12 months. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought AEW might be my fix, but nothing makes oh, sense no. there either. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. But that's, that's for another show. <laughs> uh, so in terms of another song I don't particularly like, but I like for her at number mm-hmm. 95, Queendom, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> yeah, I have loved this song for her the whole time. I think it's so perfect. I mean, I don't have any particular things about this song on its own, but for her, it's just completely perfect. You know, it, it kind of is. Uh, I think there was a time when you remember Billy Kidman. Billy, yeah, I do. Okay, so Kidman was friends. I imagine still is. Uh, you know, with Conan, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, Psychosis, like like a lot of, a lot of the, the Mexican crew. And so Kidman was like into a lot of you know a lot of the hardcore rap and, and stuff like that, and Hispanic rap and mm-hmm. rap. So when he came into WWE, eventually he got a theme that sort of that sort of sounded like a like a rough DMX. The only problem is Billy Kidman still looked like Billy Kidman. <laughs> it, it, it's like we're still like one of my closest friends. Uh, 
is uh, J- J- Jamaican Canadian, and then we'll. If I, if I know, and he's always amazed, like I if, that I know everything that NWA ever did or Wu Tang. It's like because he'll look at me and like I'm a very conservative looking guy. I just look this way. Kidman's the same thing. Kidman knows all that stuff, <laughs> but Kidman doesn't look like he does. Whereas if you uh, yeah. Whereas I always thought if you fast forward years later, so here you have Stephanie who's what, 40. So it still fits on the age and it's, it's got the swagger and in the note you sent me where it's like a teen's interpretation of grown up clothes. I like, I kind of like that. Cause they're, 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 um, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she wears like blazers and chokers. And I think of like when I was in seventh grade and, I was trying to look older. That's exactly what I wore, blazers and chokers. (laughs) And even with her hair pulled back in a half ponytail, like, that's what I thought looked mature when I was uh, 12, (laughs) which is what I think of Stephanie. Yeah, it's, she, this sounds like the type of music that she would listen to. I, I like it for her. I don't, again, it's not a song I particularly care for but I care for how it represents Mm her. Yeah, it's perfect. And her, like, stick as a, as a really bratty 12-year-old in an adult body is really great. That's, like, how I think of her. Now now you got me, now I have to rewatch 13 going on 30. Although it's, I don't know how you wa- I can watch that movie without Mark Ruffalo sort of like giving me a lecture on something, but that's uh... a, <laughs> anywho. Uh, oh, did you hate this one? Number 94, <laughs> Seamus, uh, not the song he's using now, uh, written in my face, but as a lot of fans call it, the lobster head song is <laughs> the, the first verse. It's a shame that they lobster head, but I guess I meant lost, lost their head <laughs> i just thought this is really irish but you hate this guy well it's the same reason i didn't like the kurt angle i mean it works for seamus definitely but you know it, it's so hokey <laughs> wow i just thought okay this is i guess we're so different i just sort of like this whole irish rock thing you sort of like got going here if you're gonna look super irish you might as well have something that sounds Irish. Yeah, you know, these, like, characters that are, their main dimension is that they're from a certain country. I don't know that that has ever worked that well for WWE. That's true. Well, oh, well I mean, well, Rusev was a flop. Rusev, well, Rusev, when they came out in the tank at WrestleMania, come on, Grace, that was awesome. <laughs> Now he's in AEW, and I thought, okay, they signed this guy. They can't possibly screw it up. And they say, okay, what do you want to do? Well, I like video games. Okay. Yeah. You're a 300-pound guy who can kick everyone's ass easily because most of them are less than 200 pounds. And your shtick is that you like video games? I get that you like video games, but dude. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I mean, just... It's contrived and doesn't give them any room for growth because, look, they branded Rusev and Lana as Russians and then that fell apart so quickly and it just kind of hit a wall with it. And then it's like you have to undo it slowly and 
there's just like a lot of plot holes as a result. So I'm just not a fan of like this person is from this country and that's their thing and that's all they got going for them. There's no possible highway that you can navigate in the WWE without potholes and plot holes. <laughs> it is a mess, but okay. This one you liked a lot. Number 93 MVP. I'm coming. Yeah, I did really like that. Uh, as a, as a song on its own, I thought it had a lot of layers actually. And it was like well-written cohesive song. It's another interesting, he's definitely a very interesting individual. Uh, I love that whole character where he sort of was playing off that Terrell Owens, like I'm a superstar wide receiver vibe, like I'm the, I'm the best and I know it. But then his backstory was that he was actually in jail for 10 years. So I, I never knew how they could really <laughs> tell that, that truth without sort of saying, oh, so uh-huh. then you really, so then what the hell were you doing in your 20s? Because you weren't a superstar athlete. You couldn't have been. <laughs> but, you know, all characters evolve. So I don't quite know what you do with it. Uh, this one you liked a lot. Uh, instrumentals are often hard, I think. But uh-huh. number, number 92, Fight, Kevin Owens. You, you've, got, you've got a lot of opinions on this. Uh, I've always had a lot of opinions on Kevin Owens. So that one was like a, an easy one for me. Um, I think Kevin Owens was a character that the WWE didn't ruin. I think that, well, I mean, eventually they would, but initially I was like, I like this. I love where they're going with this. He's, there's, it's sort of weird. I was looking at old, I don't know how I even stumbled across this uh, last week because I was just one of the, a YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, I remember why. I was looking at old, like, uh, Kevin Owens versus El Generico, you know, Sami Zayn. Kevin mm-hmm. Owens without a beard. Sheesh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, it, it's... He's the toughest guy that you're going to see in a bar, but without that beard... He, there, there's... Oh, God, I... Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, he, the, the baby face thing that he's got going, it, it, it doesn't... Like, and I'm not using baby face in the wrestling term. I mean, the actual baby face that he's got. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's shocking to see, but I think it adds to the complexity. I've always thought of him as a very complex character, not even just on in the show, but in real life, too. Hmm. Interesting. Well, hopefully they don't sort of screw um, him up. Yeah, he's like, they want him to be this, like, ruthless, tough guy, but I've always thought there's a, another layer to him. There's, one, there's a person of very, like, strict moral code, um, and then there's also kind of a soft family guy under there, which has been represented in, like, a lot of his, uh, both, like, on-the-show and off-the-show representation. Mm-hmm. Which is which is also certain. and the song itself. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, go like ahead. when I listen to the song, I try to when I'm listening to it, I try to think, uh, what kind of song is this? And um, Cat Nolan's song, I was thrown for a loop because I thought one thing, then another, then another, then another, and then I'm like, well, who is Kevin Owens? He's a lot of things. He is. Uh, if you do get to watch, when you do eventually sort of like watch uh, WrestleMania, they had a 40-minute mm-hmm. rain delay. And oh, so, okay. Yeah, so they were scrambling to just sort of like fill the time. And so they just had some of them just mm-hmm. do on the, on the spot uh, interviews. I don't know if they're, they're going to keep that because uh, here I don't have to do it through Peacock. Mm-hmm. So the only one who actually sort of hit it out of the park in doing like an impromptu interview is Owens. And that might be the only thing. Uh, yeah. If they still have it, just watch him, him do his two minutes and don't watch any, anything you, else. You don't want to hint what anything, what it was about. <laughs> oh, what he did. He pretty much uh, was talking about how no one believed in him and Sammy for the most part. And uh, just how they're going to, oh. you know, and he kind of did a, a veiled shot at Jim Cornette. And other people who didn't believe in him. <laughs> oh, wow. Jim Cornette was not on Team KO? Allegedly. Well, not allegedly. He said that. Now, the way Cornette would explain it. Cornette's one of those interesting guys, too. That his podcast is very interesting to me. Just how he's considered an old relic in many ways. Yet you want to find somebody who hates Trump. You, he, he blocks people who, who, uh, who, who likes him. He's ended friends with yeah. he's ended friendships over that. Uh-huh. I mean, which is again sort of like why this whole AEW thing where everything's all inclusive, yet Jericho's donated fifty thousand dollars to Trump. The Young Bucks have been <laughs> have yeah, the Young Bucks have uh, are uh, were part of the birther thing on Obama. Uh, uh. It's a very strange group. But maybe that's sort of the whole point. You be friends with who you're friends with. And maybe politics shouldn't matter. But then it does. And then it doesn't. Well, and with WWE, it is a bit different because Vince has a stake in everything. That's true. That's so true. It's kind of hard to separate that when you're watching and, like, do have the awareness of... Um, well, Vince's work in the political sphere. <laughs> that, that's true. Also with his wife who did have, I think, a lower cabinet position. I don't know what it was under Trump. Something with uh, or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was like, I don't remember either. Yeah, my... My, my, uh, my mayor is uh, Kane, right? <laughs> mayor Kane. I know you don't like that guy. I like that guy, though. Kane? Yeah. I like, as a wrestler or a mayor? <laughs> well, okay, I can't comment as, on him as a mayor. I, I, as a person, I just seem to really like this guy. Uh, yeah, late career Kane is not great. Um, I was not a fan. Well, there's a lot. Mayor of- Kane, uh, mostly not a fan. Well, that, that's your that's your neck of the woods now, right? Kane. Because cause you're, you're in Knoxville, but you were in New York, but you're from Knoxville originally? So you're, like, 
there and back again or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mayor Kane. Well, at least your mayor can beat up most mayors, so there's that. Yeah, he probably won't, though. <laughs> probably not. The last one... We and- got nothing good out of this. <laughs> So the last one on this is, again, another obscure one. Uh, I think it only lasted a few months because uh, of Road Dogg's uh-huh. uh, substance issues. So the t- Yeah, I actually hadn't heard it before. Yeah, so this would have been like right... The Degeneration X was done. They didn't know what to do with Road Dogg. And then they signed Ron Killings for the first time. God, this would have been 2000. And the guy looks the same. How does Ron Killings not age? <laughs> it is completely insane how he's 47, looks the same, is still ripped, can still go. But this Oh, one, he's 47? Yeah, I think I could be raw off on that, but I, I don't think Oh, I, wow, he's actually 49. He's, okay, 49. <laughs> it, it's Wow. Yeah, it's Either he made a deal with the devil or he's just got like the best set of genetics that, that could possibly exist. And he's found a role as a comedy wrestler and he doesn't have to like wrestle much and he doesn't get hurt. Good on him. Yeah. So this was this weird, I I could be wrong, but I think this might be one of the first attempts at sort of like rap metal that the WWE ever tried to do. Road Dog doesn't completely, obviously he's, the lesser talented of the two when it comes to rapping, but he could. Mm-hmm. And this was right before their TNA three live crew bit. Uh huh. I I really yeah. I, I I thought it was good. I, I still it, yeah, it's great. Do you? Th- it's definitely got a lot of good energy, and I uh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm not sure where the what hmm? his music now is. A, is he's like art, the art proof. I never really know where they're going with art truth these days. Well, he's he's near fifty. He he just has to like do little little shticks with the twenty four seven belt, and, and every match all he used to do was a roll up. Mm-hmm. I mean, then he could probably stick around until he's 55. Why not? He's not getting hurt. Yeah. You know, and he still, again, looks 15, 20 years younger than he is. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So any final thoughts on this yeah, list? Because because this, to- this is our first 10. We might be doing another 10 if you want to do this again. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Um. Yeah, I do. I do have one final thought, which is that I always wondered why they didn't do more with our truth in the recent past, and and now I figure it's because he's a lot older than I thought. I guess when you're 49 at that point, there's only so much you can really do, and when you've presented him as a mid to lower card guy for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's someone I would like. Have their moment, mm-hmm. but then look at Lashley. He's what forty four. Yeah, a but, lot of I guess a lot of uh, yeah. WWE really likes uh, 
running people into age and uh it's definitely like a late age career start thing like I realize a lot of people don't even make it big until they're well past 30 which is like the opposite of any other professional sport where once you hit 30 you're like kind of low value that's very true that's very true here it's like uh or when you're 45 <laughs> you'll have a promising career so I've always said like okay my like backup career when I'm in my 40s maybe I'll be wrestling I don't know <laughs> Could be. I'll, I'll see you at the performance center. Hey, you can keep that in your back career too. <laughs> no, no. I definitely, okay. I, I definitely cannot. Uh, I, I might be our truth's age, but I do not have his ability in the least, <laughs> in any capacity. So this is st- this is. Well, part- hey, have hmm? you? Hmm? Go ahead. Have you seen uh, Isolation Wrestling? <laughs> no, what's that? Oh, Jim Cornette hates it, but it's uh, it's popped up during the pandemic. It's it's wrestling without wrestling. Then how do they wrestle? Well, they don't wrestle. They just uh, do everything else. You know, the the sticks, the entrances, the the. The feuds, just no actual wrestling. It sounds like a South Park episode. Didn't they do the same thing? <laughs> it's real. Hey, why not? Why not? And then at least there's not a bunch of people jumping on, like waiting for uh, someone to dive on top of them after standing there for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people on it can wrestle. If they just can't. They couldn't because of the pandemic, so they're just kind of on there. Uh doing their, selling their image and doing these, these feuds. And there's a lot of, um, hype videos and things like that. It's pretty fun to follow. All right. I'll have to find that. I will have to find that. So so in a couple weeks, we're going to try round two. Let's see. Let's see how many of these Grace agrees with. (laughs) And with that, we ask everyone to stay safe. Yes. All right, take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening at notinhallofame.com. We're going to have a lot more content coming through. Thanks again, and stay safe, everyone.